as God intended. Let's go. To Looking for Healing Talk Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is. I'm your host for today, Nicola Burnett, holistic dietitian, functional medicine practitioner, and proprietor of Back to Balance Wellness Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. I thank you for joining me today at Looking for Healing. Looking for Healing is an exciting show where you can learn from experts in the practice of natural medicine. Combined, the four show hosts possess more than 100 years of clinical experience as professional healers and includes myself, Nicola Burnett, Dr. Henry Ely, Dr. Brian Artis, and Dr. Jana Schmidt. If you're into all things natural when it comes to health and healing, then stick with us. This is the show for you. I am super grateful to have this opportunity to share and educate and expand the minds of others on this topic of natural healing, which is a topic that has seemingly gotten lost as the primary way of healing. I invite you to share the links and to tell all your like-minded friends and family that they can find us live every week on America Out Loud Talk Radio at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and via recorded podcasts at americaoutloud.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora Networks, and via America Out Loud phone apps, downloaded from Apple, Android, and Alexa. And I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors of the show. One of our sponsors is Global Healing. Global Healing is a family-owned company that's been around since 1988. Their products are developed using cutting-edge manufacturing processes and the best ingredients nature has to offer. They work with small organic farmers and producers to offer you the freshest ingredients. And Global Healing is offering a 15% off of your first purchase as a thank you to our faithful listening audience of Looking for Healing Radio. Just use the discount code of OUTLOUD when placing your order. That's O-U-T. L-O-U-D, out loud. And also want to give a shout out to EHI, the Energetic Health Institute. And it's an amazing school, teaches you how to think and not what to think. It's a great school for learning all things healing and holistic. Okay, well, let's get back into, well, not back into, kind of back into (laughs) our topic for today. I am carrying on with our series about communication. So when I said earlier, uh, continue on, today is a new day. This is a live show, but this show is a continuation on of the topic of healthy and creative communication. And why am I spending so much time on this? Well, if you stop to think about it, Your entire existence on planet Earth is based on communication. So that's why I think taking a hard look at communication and how it relates to the creation of our life and therefore translates into the creation of our health is such an important topic. And when you stop to think about it, there's nowhere in your life where communication is not 
a skill that you are not using 24 hours a day. I know you don't talk to people 24 hours a day. However, you talk to yourself all the time. And you may do that out loud and you may do that in thought form, but we communicate with ourselves, and that's an ongoing communication all the time. We communicate with others when we communicate with others. And I'm going to add here that we also communicate with spirit. And maybe this doesn't resonate for some of you out there, but I'm going to refer to spirit as uh, what we you know, whatever that might mean for you. My my term for this is the creator of all that is. And I got into this topic of communication because of the relationship with detox. Uh, for those who have not listened back to the other uh, three recordings or four recordings that we've already done on this, uh, detox really presents such an intense change for clients that I work with. And the most important thing and the most vital thing and the amount of time I spend with clients working on with them the most is detox. And detox results in the rewiring of the nervous system. It absolutely does. And an example to explain what I mean by that, oh, what's a good example? I could use the example of parasites. Parasites secrete neurotoxins. And neurotoxins are poisons that interfere with the communication inside the body. I will go so far as to say, because I've witnessed it and seen it and experienced it myself, that parasites have the ability to hijack who you are. Now, that may seem like a really, really dramatic, bold statement, but I assure you it's not. <laughs> All I've done for the past couple of decades is work with people and their bodies and their troubles and their issues and their diseases and their complaints and their uh, reports of this doesn't work and that doesn't work anymore. My brain doesn't work. Uh, my body doesn't work in whatever way it doesn't work. This is all I know. I, don't, I haven't done anything else <laughs> with my in my lifetime as, insofar as a career. So this is indeed a reality. And I'm just picking on parasites at the moment, but there are also certain chemicals that can get into the body that really disrupt the body's communication system. And sometimes we see that very simply, like uh, somebody has formaldehyde, a lot of buildup of formaldehyde or lead or mercury, certain things like that in the body. They'll complain of foggy brain and and delayed thinking and and uh, difficulty with word recall and all this stuff affects their life you know if somebody's got issues like that and they're at work and they're trying to close a sale or they're trying to uh maybe they're up on stage uh, speaking about their company or their product and their brain is foggy yeah, probably not their best, uh, you know, best performance. <laughs> so for any of you who are second guessing this or thinking again, this is a dramatic concept. There's a book that I love to refer to people. I've probably mentioned it a couple of times on, on different live broadcasts. 
It's a book called This Is Your Brain on Parasites. Now, a lot of the literature or books on parasites, you know, they're really, they're really boring. They're dry science. They're for the parasitologist to read. But I really like this book and I share this book with my clients so that they can read and understand what is going on and happening in their bodies before we went into detox, during detox, why they feel so different after. And it's a great book in regards to breaking down the discussion about parasites and what parasites can do in the body and how they can affect us in more of a conversational and not so technical uh, description. So that is the reason why I'm spending a lot of time on this topic. We have so far discussed healthy modes of communication, and I've given suggestions for that. And we are going into now the topic of the types of communication that are not so healthy that many of us can easily fall into. And I say easily fall into because, again, communication is a topic that you know, it needs to be learned. It needs to be studied. It needs to be taught. Just because you're born as a human doesn't mean you know how to communicate well. And I would say most people don't. And even if you've gone through college or some, uh, you know, degree program, a master's, something along those lines, that doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to communicate. So communication is its own separate topic. And it's so related to health because, again, healthy relationships, healthy body, healthy mind. If we don't know how to create and cultivate healthy relationships and we're constantly in in a state of stress, anxiety, turmoil, uh, anger, regret, those types of things within our relationships, then it's not going to fare so well for us and our health and our bodies. So one of the types of communication, I should say a couple types of the communication that we've already spoken of that we can fall easily into is making assumptions, projections. I've spoken about this in the previous uh, live shows, Uh, negative identification, rationalizations, expectations, judgments, internalizations, and emotionalism. So those are some of the not so healthy modes of communication that we can engage in that don't create the greatest results for us, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to continue on with that conversation. And the next method that is used frequently, and a lot of times we use these things not being aware we're using them. And that's why I'm taking the time to discuss them and to go over them because I'm hoping this will be helpful for the audience as they're listening along to stop and think, hmm, is that something I do a lot? I'm not sure. Or God, I do that all the time. I I need to stop doing that and adopting a different way of communicating that is much more uh, healthier for both parties involved. And again, I spoke about healthy communication. This is a four or five part series. And I can't recall in the moment, maybe it was in the uh, second part of this series. 
So you can go back. All these uh, live shows are uh, recorded in podcast format. So you can go back and listen to any of those past previous shows that I have already done on this topic of communication. So let's move forward. The next form of communication, which is not, I think, the most helpful or greatest for us to use, and I stopped using this quite a long time ago when it came to my attention, I'm going to call this yes, but. Yes, but fill in the blank. So when we do this, this, make this type of statement, it really indicates that the person or, or whoever's being spoken to never listens, or excuse me, the person that's speaking never listens because they're really listening to their own opinions. So if somebody says, well, I think that you're not you know, doing X, Y, or Z in the relationship. And that's a problem for me. And I come back and say, yeah, but, and then fill in the blanks and and carry on with that statement. I'm really not listening. I didn't really hear what you said because I'm already forward in my mind or in my head, kind of breaking down and rejecting what it is that the person who just said something to me what it is that they truly said. Or it could be, I'm not listening to you or I don't believe you. So that's another uh, aspect of this. And sometimes perhaps they really have not heard you. So one of the things that you can do if you're the person communicating and, and the person you're communicating to comes back with this yes, but, and fills in the blank, A good thing to do is always ask them to mirror back to you your statement in their own words. And another thing that's really great to do, and this is what I, this is a skill that I adopted and started practicing, is to use the word and instead of the word but. And that can result in a much more flowing connection that helps to keep the walls down. (laughs) That helps where there isn't, uh, one person doesn't just kind of just stop and, and not want to participate anymore in the, in the communication or in the discussion. And communication, when we're talking about things like, Hey, where do you want to eat tonight? Or, uh, what movie do you want to see? I mean, sometimes I guess those things can turn into an argument. However, I'm really talking about communication when you got to talk about the hard stuff. You got to talk about the things that uh, are really challenging in life, right? Like between husband and wife or uh, with with you and your children. You really have to kind of lay down the law with them. So uh, the color association with that strategy of yes, but is red. And the organ system connection is the circulation slash sex circuit in the body. And I'm I'm mentioning these things, the color association and the organ system connection, because we're talking about communication and how it relates to health. And so if you've ever had a conversation, if this doesn't make any sense to you, what I'm talking about with the color and the organ system, 
Just stop and take a moment and think about when you were having a really challenging conversation with somebody that you care about, a friend, a partner, a lover, whoever it might be. And maybe that communication was just really hard for you and you had to kind of just stop. You had to take a breath. You had to breathe into it. You had to uh, just collect yourself for a moment and in that time frame, it's a really good thing to tune in to where are you feeling the, the difficulty in the body? Where are you physically feeling the difficulty in the body? Does it feel like your stomach is in just knotted up? Does it feel like you can't breathe? You can't take a full breath? Like, where do you actually feel it in your body? And what are you feeling? Uh, red is associated with a lot of things, but one of the things it's associated with is is anger. And so that's not the only thing it's associated with, but it's one of the things it's associated with. So maybe you're really frustrated and anger, angry with the person or with yourself possibly while you're in the communication. And noticing those kinds of things are really helpful and really necessary and really important. So that's why I'm mentioning the colors and I'm mentioning the organ systems because you might be able to tune in and really get a sense of where you're feeling these things inside the body. Okay, well, we're going to go to a short break in the moment. And when we come back, I will carry on with this conversation. So hang tight and we'll be right back. buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. This is Nicola Burnett coming back from our short break on Looking for Healing Radio. And real quick, I just want to mention that if you're not able to catch any of our shows live, just know that all of our shows go to podcasts typically a day or two after the live broadcast is complete. You can listen to any of the, pro- the podcasts on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, or America Out Loud, and many more. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to subscribe and rate the show for us. Okay, so let's return back to our topic. Our topic today is communication. I've been doing a series on this. And we are finishing up today with the discussion of all the ways that we communicate or use communication strategies that are not probably the best. They're communication strategy strategies, excuse me, that tend to shut down and create distance rather than 
create intimacy and unite and bond. So I'm going to continue on with this uh, discussion of these different types of communication that we can fall into unconsciously. One of them is called playing tapes. Tapes. Hmm. That brings you back to the 80s, huh? 70s and 80s. Anyways, this is really referring to playing tapes or playing recordings in your mind. And so when your own, (laughs) I keep thinking of a tape recorder. I am of that age where I used to use a tape recorder back in the day when I was young. So we'll just say recording. It's when you have your own recordings in your head and those recordings, which are belief systems, get activated when someone is speaking. And as a result, you can't hear what's being said because you stop listening. You just stop listening and you shut down. And oftentimes when people do this, when you're speaking to somebody, you'll find that they interrupt you a lot. They won't let you finish your thought. You can see it in their face and in their body language and in their eyes. You start talking to somebody, maybe it's your spouse, and you're saying, well, you know, I'm really frustrated with... I'm having to put the dishes away all the time and I'm having to clean and I feel like I'm having to do uh, a share of the housework that, you know, that that is unfair. Let's just say something like that is the topic. And you can see maybe you're talking to your spouse and you get maybe through one sentence and half through the other sentence and they already are, you know, they're leaning in, their, their mouth is starting to open because they just want to jump in because they've already think they know where you're going. They've responded in their head. They've decided they know what you're going to say. They know where you're going. They know what the conclusion is and they want to jump in. And so they stop listening to you. They just kind of shut you off because they feel like they know everything and they want to come back and and just kind of pounce a little bit on you. So people who cannot turn off these mental tapes, these recordings, they have a compulsive preoccupation with their own memories. And we only know life, each one of us only knows life from what we've experienced, what we've lived through, what we've witnessed with our eyes, what we've experienced with our bodies. So we always run things through our head as someone's speaking to us, we're kind of running them past all these memories. And we're doing this unconsciously. Again, I really want to reiterate that. A lot of this is so unconscious, which is why I thought this is a great topic to speak about. We have to stop and really put ourselves under the microscope in regards to communication. How do we communication? How, how do we communicate with others? And that's not an easy thing. You really have to stop, really, really stop. And it's not easy to do. And watch yourself when you're in the midst of communication. Instead of tuning out or checking out or shutting down, which uh, honestly, I have to say, I think the majority of the population tend to do that. And again, communication is something that needs to be taught. It needs to be studied. It needs to be practiced. It needs to be learned. So that's why I wanted to talk about this. So going back to this playing the recording in your head, the color association is blue and the organ system connection is the thyroid. 
Okay, next one I want to talk about is stereotyping. And this is a type of labeling that leads to basic assumptions. So it's when we're not really seeing the person for who they are. We're not giving them a fresh chance. We're not looking at them through fresh eyes. And boy, this is a really common one in marriages and in relationships. You know, where you just something happens and you kind of roll your eyes and you already you already know what they're gonna say and how they're gonna come back and how they're gonna respond and oh now they're gonna do this and now they're gonna say that and then they're gonna pick their stuff up and walk away or there's gonna be a burst of anger or they're gonna start gaslighting me or you know whatever it might be. And it's hard to really give somebody like that a fresh chance. Because maybe you've been together for decades. And this could be, again, this happens a lot in marriages. But the other place where this happens a lot is in family. This is happens in family. So the inability to accept people as being multi-talented. We just kind of lock them into this box and don't really look at them as a human anymore. Like we'd look at a human like a new person we met you know, maybe um, at a club or at a bar or at some, you know, some or a class, like an exercise class, somewhere where we meet a new person and we're much more open to just sitting back and to observing and and discovering who that person is and how, and how they are. When we have people that we grow up with in our family, we we get into these stereotyping roles or stereocasting types of roles. And I would say family and also marriages, because typically those are the two relationships that most people spend the most time in. So this can be a this can be a, a hard one to step back and and really give that person an opportunity to look at them through fresh eyes. So uh, I'm going to move on to the next one. Next one I wanted to talk about is compliance. So this is just kind of going along, yielding or submitting to the power of another to gain a favorable reaction, where you accept or adapt to be in agreement with the opinion of someone else. And, and they do that, or we do that, not they, for the need to be liked. And something that comes to mind here uh, is with a boss, maybe with a boss at work. Uh, this can be something that we that we do a lot, right? We just go along to get along because you need to make money, you need to keep your job, you need to put food on the table, you need to feed your kids, you need to pay for their their college or their braces or their prom dress. So this is this is a common one, I think, in that workplace. But complying never builds trust. And I have to say it eventually backfires. I've been in situations where I've just kind of gone along to get along at work because that's what I feel I have to do. And <clears throat> it, it definitely does backfire. You know, maybe a couple years goes by or a certain amount of time and then something happens and you can you can just kind of lose it and explode. And then and then that doesn't go so well. <laughs> so our choices are usually to face it or run away from it. And privately, when you privately, like within yourself, disagree, but you outwardly go along 
with the other person. This oftentimes blocks communication between your head and your heart as well as with others. So this one can be this one could be a tricky one. All of these ones, all of these uh, methods can be. And the color association with this one, as I'm referring to as compliance, is orange. And the organ system connection is the large intestine. Okay, next one is I'm going to talk about is self-image. And I think this can can be the greatest and deepest block to real listening and communication. And that happens because of the hidden image we hold of ourselves. Because the ego wants to preserve its idea of being special. And we all go through this. I, I really, as I as I am talking about these, going through my notes and this list that I made, uh, this really brings me back to uh, in my 20s when I was in college. Not, not so much now, uh, but yes, I remember I was really very defiant and uh, kind of forcing my self-image or the image that I had built of myself or wanted myself to be or however you want to understand that. You know, we build images of the self to give ourselves a feeling of identity and worth. And how we perceive ourselves is very powerful. And oftentimes it's not the truth. <laughs> Going back to when I was in my in my early 20s, I was in college. I remember going out to lunch with my my mother. We were sitting there and I was, you know, I was kind of um, hmm. It's kind of, what's the term that somebody spicy and I was kind of defiant and I was kind of uh, demanding and pushing this, this image of who I felt I was, you know, confident and, and attractive and, and going with the flow and all these, these things. And I realized now when I look back at that, I was in that phase where I flew the nest and was in my early 20s and I went away to college. And so I had the experience, the young experience of seeing what it was like to play being an adult, right? Because I say play, my parents were still footing the bill for everything. I had a part-time job, but still they were footing the bill for everything. And yet I was not under their you know, direct uh, guidance. I was living four hours away and had to assume the role of, you know, some of the role of being responsible adult, showing up at classes, getting homework done, you know, getting decent grades, graduating, those types of things, paying the bills uh, on time. Uh, but at the same time, not fully being an adult because, you know, we're spending somebody else's money. So, to this one, I would say, and this is what speaks most greatest to me, if you can get into and connect with and reach a state of humility and open yourself up to the greater truth, that's when we become reconnected to our own reality and not an image of what we think we are or what we want to be. So the color association with this strategy is orange and the organ system connection is the large intestine. 
And I will go on to the next one. This one, we can all relate to this one, finger pointing. <laughs> so this is where we reflect blame so we don't have to take a look at it. What is that great saying when you point at somebody, you've got um, four fingers pointing back at you. Uh, so, and that's really true. And sometimes I see this a lot in, in younger people, not so much my peers today. Um, however, somebody may, may stop while you're speaking and say, yeah, well, you know, you're not so great yourself or, well, you used to do it or you still do it, right? This is kind of a, a memory goes back with um, parents. This reminds me, uh, both my parents smoked when I was young and you know, it's that, that kind of thing. I never smoked, but I had friends that did. And it's this kind of, you know, it brings up the image of the defiant teenager who gets caught smoking cigarettes by the parent and, and the teenager turns around and says, well, you know, you're doing it. And it happens to be true, but <laughs> it, still it's that kind of a it's that kind of a, a memory or a feeling. And this finger pointing is a form of guilt. If you really dig deep into this, you'll see that it's connected to guilt. And the color association is also orange, similar to self-image. And the organ system connection is also the large intestine. Moving on to one of the next tactics that us humans unconsciously or sometimes consciously can do is something called overreacting, right? Overreacting or, or this could sometimes be you know, being dramatic. And this is a form of emotionalism. And that was, uh, we covered emotionalism in the last uh, live broadcast. And it's kind of a smokescreen to avoid having to take a look at it. It's also an attempt to be rescued with sympathy to get people to feel sorry for you and to allow the ego to remain intact. So that is overreacting. And boy, I could be accused of that when I was really young. I had described earlier that I had a, um, my mother tended to be very melodramatic or overdramatic. And so that's something that I, witnessed as a young child and found myself modeling unconsciously. And I really had to work with that in my mid thirties. That's when I really became aware of that and had to work with that. So, okay. So overreacting the color association with this is green and the organ system connection is the heart. And the next one I will cover here is denial. And this is a classical avoidance approach, right? It, it's a, not me, I don't do that. I'm not included in that. That's not me, which is a refusal to accept or acknowledge reality, right? Like, no, this cannot be. It's a very powerful unconscious defense mechanism of the ego to protect itself by ignoring or pretending nothing is happening. Non-thinking ego defense pattern. <laughs> you're really, you're not willing to take a look at what is being said. You, you literally become deaf. <laughs> and I have experienced this. And denial and projection are very, are a very common contra contradiction of putting the blame on the other person. 
So this expression of opposites is a form of double speak. Boy, gosh, I had an experience with this. I will perhaps share that with you when I come back. We are already ready to jump into another quick short break. So I'll share a little story with you that uh, you might find interesting when we come back. So sit tight and we'll be right back. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. This is Nicola Burnett coming back from our short break. And just want to let you know that Looking for Healing Radio is on five days a week, Monday through Friday. You can catch Dr. Brian Artis on Mondays, myself, Nicola Burnett on Tuesdays, Dr. H, Dr. Henry Ely on Wednesdays, and Dr. Jana Schmidt on Thursdays. And on Fridays, you get the whole gang of us. So between my co-hosts and I, you can find a new show every day of the week. And if while you're listening, a question pops into your mind, please feel free to submit your question by going to the nav bar on the Looking for Healing page. We would love to hear from you, and all questions and comments are welcome. Okay, let's get back. I was just leaving off talking about the not-so-great communication, uh, modality of communication, uh, denial. And boy, did I have a deep one of this. I was married once, went through a divorce, and it finally came to that moment where we had to have our first day in court. And at this time, I had not seen this person for nine months. And I did not want to be divorced. And and as many listeners out there, <laughs> if one person in the relationship wants a divorce, all they have to do is see an attorney or 
file the paperwork and and so it is. So that was a that's a tough one. And one wants to be divorced and the other one doesn't want to be divorced. So anyways, so I'm just setting up the the experience of what it was like to get served with papers and then not see this person for almost a year and then arrive at a courthouse. I'd never hired an attorney in my life. I'd never been through any kind of a a lawsuit, never uh, done anything in the you know justice system. So it was very, very shocking. And I remember walking in, I remember uh, seeing him for the first time. I felt a joy and a softness just to be able to see this person. So it wasn't ugly in the courthouse uh, until we got into the actual, um, got in front of the, the, the judge hearing the case. And as the talking was going on about who got what and who was going to get the house and all these types of things, I just went into the biggest state of denial I think I've ever experienced. And I remember my eyes just welling up with tears to the point where everything was blurry. I, I, I couldn't see anything. And all of a sudden, I, I just, I tuned everything out because I couldn't hear it. I couldn't accept what was happening. I couldn't believe this was my life. Uh, I just, I still obviously had not made peace with the fact that this was happening and it was going, going forward and going through. And I literally went deaf. It was just like in Charlie Brown, when the teacher talks, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I couldn't make out a word. I couldn't hear anything. So the tears were just welling forth so that everything was blurry. And I realize this now that I completely out of intense emotional pain blocked everything out and I couldn't hear anything. And I was just going it was, I was like, I was just crawling deeper and deeper and deeper into myself. Like I was crawling into a hole to just get out of this. I didn't want this to be my reality. I didn't want this to be my life. It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. Uh, one of them emotionally, I definitely was at that time at that age. And, uh, I, I just ran out of the, the court, out of the room, out of the courtroom in the middle of the whole thing. And, ran and sat in a bathroom stall and sobbed hysterically for at least an hour. Didn't even know what happened. My attorney came and finally found me and got me and uh, he's very kind. He was very gentle. He was, he was very sweet. He was almost, you know, very fatherly towards me and felt really bad about what was going on. But that was an interesting that was an interesting state and an interesting case. And I just bring that up because folks, we are that powerful. <laughs> I shut down my vision and I shut down my own hearing <laughs> and I didn't even know that was possible, uh, but it is. So, you know, that's, that's a real extreme uh, description or experience of this type of uh, dynamic. And I don't think that most people experience very extreme aspects uh, out there. <clears throat> maybe, maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But we are powerful beings. And, I, you know, that's when I really learned we can actually do that to ourselves. And when I hear a lot about the stories of adults going back and recounting their stories of sexual abuse, and they do a similar thing where they just 
they kind of go deep within and uh, they, they, they literally exit the scene energetically because it's so painful. So this is, this is a real thing. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people listening out there are going, oh, I know, I know. Uh, life on this uh, blue planet is not so easy. Okay, well, let's, uh, speaking of our next, next uh, discussion of communication, excuses, making excuses. Oh, I think we're all, all of us have experienced this. All of us have experienced, I think, all of these when you stop to listen. I'm just trying to bring light to these to make them, uh, to make us kind of stop and look at these things a lot closer. Uh, because if these these ways of communicating are not working for you, then they need to be looked at. They need to be, you have to make a conscious decision. Do I want to keep doing this? And if you do, great, move along. If you don't, then you know, you're going to have to stop that activity and move on and change to a different activity that is much more in alignment with uh, who you want to be or where you're going or what you want to move into. Okay. So excuses, this is another way of, this is kind of similar to that. Yes, but <laughs> so it's a kind of another way of saying yes, but so it's a cop out. The wall goes up and the change is blocked, right? It's a form of denial and it's really in a way, not being responsible to the truth. It's kind of a use to to justify or vindicate the ego. So I don't think I need to explain much about this. That's pretty pretty simple. Uh, excuses, we've all done it. The color association is red and the organ system connection is the circulation uh, sex circuit in the body. All right, next one. Oof, this one's this one's really tough. This one is called silence. And this is downright, um, this is a form of abuse, downright. I mean, it just is. So silence, this is when the non-communication response, when the other person does not want to participate. They just stop talking. <laughs> and communication requires two people. When one is silent, interaction can't be completed. There's nothing you can do about this. You can't make somebody speak to you. You can't make them look at you. you <laughs> um, so this is, um, this is stonewalling. Um, it's a passive expression. And this actually constricts the capillaries to slow circulation in the body. And oof, I've had experience with this, going back to that divorce the last couple of days or last couple of weeks or months or whatever it was, when things got really bad and and we were two people living in the same house. I remember when my my husband would literally walk down the hallway and he would stare straight ahead and look up. And he'd walk by me as if I didn't exist. As, as a human being, I didn't exist. And we lived in a house together and he did this often. He would just move about the house as if he was the only person there. I mean, I I, I was... Not even, I was going to say I was like a ghost, but I wasn't even a ghost. Oof, that was so brutal and hard. So this one is a, this one's a tough one. When you are the receiver of this. And interestingly enough, 
um, I, after my divorce, one of the first relationships that I got into, I didn't realize that I did the same thing. This was quite a, a practice for me. And I didn't even realize this, that I, that I did this. And so I remember a couple times, this individual that I was in a relationship would, you know, would ask me a lot of challenging questions about things, things that were hard to talk about. And I would just, I I remember my whole body would just shut down. It was like, like a freeze mode. And I just, I couldn't pull things up and I couldn't process anything in my head. And I literally felt like I turned to a block of ice. It was the oddest thing. And I remember, I can't remember what we were talking about, but I do remember this, observing this, we were in a car driving somewhere long distance. And I remember whatever it was we were talking about, it might've been ending the relationship or something along the lines of, I think this person wanted to end the relationship after a year if I wasn't willing to move from where I was, which was in Nevada uh, to California. And that was something I was not ready to do. And so when this person uh, brought up the topic of ending the relationship, if I wasn't willing to move, made a great decision at the time. However, I remember my whole body just going into a freeze mode and I just couldn't talk. And I remember this person pointing out to me, okay, look, if, if you can't even talk to me, this is, this is silly and this is ridiculous. I then, you know, this has got to be over now. So, uh, that was, that was, boy, did that open my eyes. <laughs> so it's funny. I could see it in my husband at the time, this, this silence, this stonewalling, but I didn't realize at the time that I did the same thing. And realizing that after the fact, after the divorce, moving on, starting to date again, I realized how unconscious these things are uh, around these things as in these strategies around communication. And I remember making a promise to myself after the divorce, which was, wow, okay, all relationships are 50-50. I contributed 50%. I'm not sure what my 50% was that I contributed that resulted in a divorce. But if I don't figure it out and figure it out real quick, I'm going to repeat this over and over and over again. And I wasn't thinking about the 50% of my spouse because he was already gone. He made his decisions. You can't control other people. So I wanted to sit and really put myself under a microscope and take a hard, deep look at myself about how I contributed unconsciously to creating uh, the situation of ending up in a divorce uh, with this individual. So next one. Oh, wait, hold on a sec. Silence. Color association is yellow. Got to mention that. And the organ system connection is in the stomach. Okay, next one is avoidance. And I think we've all done this too. The act of avoiding the truth by not facing the situation. (laughs) And this just simply invalidates the other person. It's another appearing to be an easy way out of communication. But there's never an easy way out of communication because if you don't communicate, at the end of the day, I don't care what you do, what you don't do, uh, but if you think you can get out of communication, I promise you the damage has been done if you try to just get out of something. On some level, in some way, probably on many levels, there's damage done 
insofar as the dynamic or the relationship. And when you're avoiding, you're not being present in the mind to have those communications. And a lot of times what you'll see with this is it's expressed in the body language by a lack of eye contact, right? That's very, very common. And the color association is orange and the organ system connection is the large intestine. And the last one I want to talk about, oof, this is a big one, enabling. There's something so different between enabling and supporting. And this is similar to the one we just talked about, which is compliance. Uh, when did we talk about compliance? I think we might have talked about, oh, we talked about compliance just a little bit earlier. Okay, so this is a codependence activity. Yeah, compliance we spoke about in the first segment of this show. So this is a codependent activity. And this is a form of manipulation. And this is really common in dysfunctional relationships. So you just go along with the other person, right? Just go with the flow. You don't want to make waves. And when you're doing that, you're not being a true mirror. And this behavior uh, ignores reality. And then the players involved, they don't have to be responsible Purpose and boundaries are lost from looking the other way and not looking at the truth. So this one is a tough one. And you, you do see this a lot in uh, codependent relationships. So the color association is yellow and the organ system connection is the spleen. So these are some of the I've been spending time going over the majority of the ways in which we avoid reality, right? In communication, um, which is the misuse of the lower chakra energy. So the red, orange, and yellow are the physical, the reactive, non-thinking colors. And we have a tendency to get stuck in these. And that's why you really have to shine the light in on this and put yourself on center stage and shine all the spotlights down and hover outside of your body above and look down and watch and see your actions, your behaviors, because they tell you about your choices. And a lot of times your choices point directly to your emotions and your emotions are very powerful in how they guide us and direct us and move us into doing things that maybe we don't know we're doing, uh, we don't want to do, but we don't know how to get out of it. So really at the end of the day, improving communication is all about moving up into the higher spiritual chakras, uh, especially violet. Violet is right the colors around the head. And if we do this, our body and our mind, it will just automatically reflect the, these higher colors in our actions and in our behaviors which will create a state of balance. And the state of balance will allow us to engage much easier and efficiently with proper communication. And I'll just say this going into closing here because we're running out of time. The joy of being in communication together is very bonding. And if we want to excel 
in society and transform the society that we live in currently and that we have, and we want it to be, we want to evolve into a higher place. We have to do it together. We have to do it together. And I personally think the key to doing this is through communication. So I leave you today with these things, these thoughts and things to ponder on in regards to your own methods of communication. Look at where you fumble. Look at where you fall. Where are you inauthentic? Where does it not feel right in your body, in your communication, in your relationships? And again, this includes, I want to repeat, not only with other people, but with yourself and with your creator. So I'm going to close saying to all of you, I thank you for spending the hour with me. I hope that you're feeling inspired, you're feeling educated, and hopefully no matter what you may be dealing with from a health perspective, there is always a natural solution that may completely remedy or significantly improve the issue. This is the message I'm hoping to convey through these discussions of natural healing. And today we're talking about healing our relationships. And in order to heal a relationship, you've got to look at the modality of communication. If you have healthy communication, you're going to have a healthy relationship. Even if you are in a relationship where you're deciding to go separate ways, there's a way to do that that's healthy, that says, I honor you, I love you, I respect you, I appreciate you, I'm grateful for all the experiences, and it's time to move on. So if you'd like to learn more, I invite our listening audience to visit our website at backtobalancelv.com. You can find out more about what we do at the center in Las Vegas, Nevada. I can tell you, we definitely focus on mind, body, spirit. You cannot separate those things. So until then, blessings and abundance with your health and your life. This is Nicola Burnett signing off from Looking for Healing Radio. 